0: This episode was recorded on December 6th, 2020. Our topic for today, Top 10 Tech Stories of the Year, Part 1. All right, Johnny, let's start with news of the week. So what's in the news, Johnny? Uh,
1: What's in the news? Right. Right. What is in the news? Let me go look at this. Ah, Slack. Slack is being acquired for
0: slacking, for slacking off. Slacking off. Yes. There we go. How do you feel this fits into the Salesforce portfolio? Because Salesforce basically wants a tendril into every single thing you do in enterprise software, such that they can sell you the rest of their portfolio. Social enterprise,
1: the chat, the stuff that that, uh, Slack was able to do is just not in their DNA, right? And hence, they tried it and failed and never really got anywhere. But we're always looking to get into that space, right? Um, And Salesforce is something that most enterprises cannot avoid, right? If you have a sales team and you need a way to manage your customer relations, you're going to use Salesforce. Uh, There are more niche services out there if you're a smaller one. But when you get to a point of being like, uh, a certain size of or enterprise size company, but you're going to go with say, some of the
0: standards. But mm-hmm. I even say, forgetting, forgetting the size. This is what I mentioned before, because there is Oracle CRM. There are these Microsoft has some type of CRM yeah. uh, offering. Dynamic. But as I was yeah. saying, it's that it's that idea that you get every single surface point possible, such that I may come to this. I may I may enter this ecosystem because I want to chat. Nothing to do with customer relations, uh, ship management. I just want to chat. Well, now I'm in the Salesforce and ecosystem and now I'm uh, exposed to potential ways to upsell. You know who I am, you can start collecting my data. Now you can can bring me into this ecosystem and lock me into this ecosystem with more and more of these products. Yep. Do you know what I'm surprised by in terms of Salesforce acquisitions? The Octa auth zero and these identity one login and these one and these identity systems somehow haven't been snatched up by them yet.
1: Michael, you're predicting the next set of, you, you know, uh, they're only getting bigger, right? They did, mm-hmm. they did, uh, Molsoft, They did Molsoft, right? MuleSoft, like eight billion. MuleSoft. MuleSoft, sure. not BallSoft. <laughs> Mule MuleSoft mm-hmm. for eight billion, roughly. Right. Then they did Tableau for eighteen billion, and now they've gone to 20, thirty billion. The next mm-hmm. thing is Okta. What is Okta? At? What is Okta's market? I think
0: Okta is a 100 billion dollar company. I don't think they can afford exactly. it. Exactly.
1: They they're getting No, they're getting that's where they're headed next. We already You heard it here folks. Let's see what is these guys worth. Okta's oh, no, so 30 I, billion. Okta's
0: 30 billion. 30. Never mind. That's a quote unquote for Salesforce.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: Like I said, it makes sense. It makes sense. But yes. I mean Salesforce is a 200 billion dollar company.
1: Yeah, it's really, um, there's a lot of talk that it'll be the next Microsoft and Microsoft is at that. It's essentially they're thinking, how do we get to the trillion dollars? So, you know,
0: maybe not a bad uh, stock to invest in. I mean, Microsoft built kind of their office services, originally a lot themselves, the core office, Docs, Excel, Outlook, so on and so forth. But then they too started acquiring up a whole bunch of services, Skype, Yammer, uh Azure was theirs. Oh uh, yeah, the, Salesforce.
1: Uh, Salesforce actually tried to go for Yammer, but then Microsoft took that away from them. Yeah. And
0: what is What is Microsoft done with Yammer? Nothing. Yeah. Run it into the ground. That's what they did with Yammer. But yes, next story. So. Uh, so Johnny, uh, Mister AWS. The, what is this AWS? Is it called Invent or Reinvent? What's the What, what is the conference called? It's called Reinvent. Hmm. So John, how is AWS reinventing itself? It's reinventing itself in terms of putting macOS on the cloud I hear, for whatever reason you have to do that.
1: Apparently it's cheaper to get a Mac mini than to run macOS on the cloud, but we all knew that, didn't we? Uh, All right. Yes, reInvent has started this year. It's AWS's annual event, usually Mm -hmm. held in Las Vegas. Um, I think every year it goes up by 10,000 more uh, attendees. 2016 when I first attended it it was 35,000 people. Is it that virtual this year? Yes, it is virtual this year.
0: Okay, all right. <laughs> 2018 like, the second time, up by 10,000 no, each year. It's the, oh, it's the biggest on. super spreader event in the world I, I, right now. I'm I,
1: I'm building up to it. Okay. Well, mm, well it would, it would it would make more sense that Vegas would be the, the super spreader than the White House, but just saying. Now, 2018 when I attended it again, it was up to, there was 55,000 people. So by that math, this year, it would have been 75,000 people. The other big one is <laughs> they did this very sneakily, and it took about a day or so uh, until people were like, oh, wait a minute, you did what now? So a lot of people coming into this conference were expecting AWS to announce something big in multi-cloud management, right? Uh, AWS, uh, not AWS, um, GCP has announced some stuff. Azure has mm-hmm. some stuff. Essentially, mm-hmm. they're, they're, these companies are... Have, are, are let's put it this way aws up to now has been and continues to be the market leader uh right. i think a year ago or before that they banned all their partners from their conference of mentioning any mention of multi-cloud it's just no yeah. aws they've been living yeah. in their own little bubble of just we are the only thing that exists you don't consider anybody right. else when you yeah the when you're number one you can't to, you,
0: you can't uh what's it called you can't acknowledge. refer to the competition
1: yeah acknowledge like the competition this, yeah there we go yeah um Unless they're talking about stats, right? Uh, which they always do. But, In which they talk about how they're beating the competition. Exactly. So, but one of the things that they announced was what they call AWS EKS Anywhere and AWS ECS Anywhere. Long story oh, short, okay. it's, it's Kubernetes Anywhere and Container Services Anywhere specific to Amazon. But a, a lot of folks, when they read that or when they announced it, they were like, you can run this on your premise uh, data center, right? And then that way you can easily... Uh, offload and unload, uh, move around workloads between your on premise data center and AWS. But I think it was a platformer. So some folks actually looked into the details of it and realized that you can actually use this to manage workloads in other clouds. AWS just didn't say it during their keynote. So people are like, oh, now you have embraced
0: multi cloud in a way. So yeah, this week, uh, Google had yet another diversity-related or representation-related or ethical-related scandal. Johnny, you want to take it away? Uh, sure. Uh,
1: AI ethics superstar Timnit Gebru was let go by Google. She put it out on Twitter. Um, there's been a lot of um, actions since then. Uh, emails have been released of what was said, what was claimed to be said. Uh, like I told you right before this, it, it feels like a lot of he said, she said, company saying this, the uh, the paper being saying this. But essentially to get to what's happened without getting into all of that is there was a paper that she was working on along with a few other folks. Some of them were outside of Google. So it wasn't just right. fully Google. Right. It was um, for a conference. Being, it was for a conference. It's uh, one of the outside... Um collaborative is, is a University of Washington computational linguistics professor. Um, and so they were writing a paper looking at the impact and effects of large-scale language models. Their paper looks at um, a couple of different facets, right? Um uh, essentially, if you're taking a huge amount of text and then you're using that to train these models at such a large scale. You're using source a lot of, of that text, text matters. Well, exactly. Well, yes, the source of that text matters. So this paper um, allegedly comes out as being critical and just wary of the bias that's inherent when you take up all of this um, uh, text, right? Like imagine, not sure exactly where their source comes from, but imagine if you took the whole corpus not of Wikipedia. Probably rap genius. That's, that's what they were missing. They needed to combine Wikipedia with Rap Genius, and then you'd get the culture and the historical facts, and you can merge it into
0: something awesome. You, don't, you know the people who edit Rap Genius probably do not represent the culture.
1: Uh, back to this is, yeah, there was a request for retraction. She asked for more information about, like, who reviewed it uh, and said, you know, you have to tell me. And then, of course, they said, like, no, we don't have to reveal to you who who raised uh, issues around this. It feels like a lot of pent-up stuff. This doesn't feel like a one-off, right? Uh, right. We kind of mentioned this before this. If this was a one-off, maybe it wouldn't have been such a big deal. Um, obviously the paper is out there. Uh, there's a MIT, we have a link to it, but there's an MIT, uh, what's the, uh, MIT uh, Technology Review mm-hmm. uh, link where they actually read the paper that got her to, to leave Google. Do you
0: think it's, so it seems that Google has a disproportionate number of these in terms of people speaking out, in terms of walkouts, in terms of protests, a disproportionate number of internally driven uh, walkouts, protests, and expressions of uh, a desire for greater something. Sure. Do you think that's actually a sign of a really good culture actually at Google? Because I'm fairly certain that these type of ethical dilemmas and these type of things are happening all throughout the rest of the tech industry, but we just don't hear about it or people aren't empowered or don't feel empowered to strike or walk out or make a stance or when they get fired, people don't leak these uh, these emails to the press because they don't feel a moral obligation to do so.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, the, yes. The, the short answer
0: is yes. All right, Johnny for our topic for this week. So bit of a programming, a bit of news here for the next three weeks. This week, we're going to count down the top 10 tech stories of the year going from 10 to six. And then in two weeks from now, so not next week, but the week after, uh, we will pick it up from five to our number one tech story of the year. In between, so next week's programming will actually be uh, the top 10 fail of the year. We'll try to keep that more humorous and lighthearted there. There's a lot of unfortunate, more tragedy going on in the, uh, in the world, but we're going to try to keep it uh, lighthearted. So the Silicon trail will become the Silicon fail podcast, uh, for next week. And then finally, Kirby. for our, for our, finally, for our final episode of the year, uh, we will give out our year end awards for, uh, for 2020, such as company of the year product of the year, innovation of the year, lifetime achievement, so on and so forth. So that's the bit of programming that you can expect in December. So this week, we're going to start with the top 10, or I guess the bottom of the top 10 uh, of the news stories of the year for 2020. In in simpler words, top 10, part one. Sure. 10 to 6. Top 10, part one. 10 to number 10 and number 6. All right, Johnny, let's step into this. This has been, so before we begin, Johnny, 2020 has been quite a year. Yes, it has been quite the year. Yes, so we picked out our top ten stories of the year, uh, and where well, let's get let's get things started. All right, drum roll. All right, number number ten, number ten, tech IPOs. So, Johnny, after what seemed like a half decade of companies purposefully trying to not IPO this year. Floodgates opened. The floodgates opened this year and really going into next year. The floodgates opened. So, Johnny, let me just throw some names out for, for companies that have IPO this year. Snowflake, Palantir, McAfee, Asana, Sumo Logic, JFrog, Rap Space, Lemonade, Zoom Info, Qualtrics is about to uh, is about to spin off. Ant, which we'll talk about, is trying to IPO. And Airbnb has declared that they will IPO. All either have already done it or will declare they do it just this year, Johnny.
1: Yeah. So I would actually say 2020 has really been, a, would have been a continuation of what started in 2019. If it wasn't for, of course, COVID and the pandemic that slowed down a lot of these, I think these companies, because most of these companies actually IPO'd in the fall
0: onwards, right? There wasn't a lot of activity in the summer. Right. There wasn't, there was a lot of nervousness. I think people but, were, yeah. People thought that COVID would be early, it would be ending earlier. Right, so, right. but I, I do think these companies would have all IPO'd anyways. Uh, right. As you were saying, and I mean, even yeah, we talked it, about it, when Palantir it IPO'd, that was the company that was never going to IPO and, BO, oh, look at them now. They're like I think $20, $40 a share or something like that. Um, right,
1: right. Because like, coming into 2020, it was expected that Airbnb, being such a high profile company was gonna right. be, uh, going-
0: going be Airbnb. Uh was gonna was gonna be yes. Airbnb? Was gonna be IPO
1: you mean? Airbnb was gonna be IPOing. I that think was it's, one of the we, expectations. We
0: talked about this before, right? We boiled it down to Snap's failed, quote unquote failed IPO. In which they were supposed to be that next big Facebook next, Facebook, next big company that just went and took off, and then they spluttered out of the out of the gate, right. and then Uber didn't do well, and then Dropbox lost after evaluation.
1: And Lyft then, didn't do well.
0: Yeah, Lyft didn't do well either. And, and then was, we were people were kind of concerned, and yeah, then people were yeah. all just kind of concerned with tech IPOs for a while.
1: But and we have to we have to say that was one of the leading. Contributors to why WeWork never got off the ground, right? Because people mm-hmm. got burned with Uber, got burned with Lyft. There was mm-hmm. these companies had such high hopes, right? Having become worth billions of dollars in the private uh, markets, coming out to their public market, what there was a, supposed to be the celebration, if you will. But mm-hmm. essentially went the complete opposite, and then WeWork kind of collapsed. So right. everybody was looking forward to the future because Airbnb actually looked like it was uh, more profitable than an Uber,
0: just based on its business model. More profitable. Um, yes, just more not, profitable. They, they reached profitability a few times. I think looking into, as we talked about in the news last week or two weeks ago, looking into their financials, they're actually profitable now because they laid off so many people, which we'll get to. Uh, but yeah. yeah. Actually, so then, uh, go on, go on.
1: No, no, I was just going to say, tied to that, it has also been the, the highly anticipated oh, yes, uh, IPO of the biggest Ant IPO group.
0: in history. What are they supposed to raise? Like $30 billion? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Gonna be off the bat 300 million or sorry, 300 billion or something like that? It would have been.
1: It, it, it can still be. This would have been, we, we could have been talking about the past, but we're talking about a potential future yes. because the Chinese government came in and pulled the IPO at the I mean, last minute, like days before it was supposed to IPO. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a lot of, there was a lot of initial talk, but I think it comes down to the Chinese government wants to put in some policies to control, yep. uh, the fintech to regulate yep. the fintech, uh, companies, yep. such as, uh, obviously Ant Group, um, Tencent and yes. And Tencent yeah, and it's um, the largest,
0: Tencent's the second largest, I believe. But yes, let me ask a question though. Uh, do you think, it. uh, COVID-19 actually spurred more, uh, IPOs because these companies were like, Hey, look, as it was dragging on, they were like, Hey, look, it's not going to be daylight. Yep. Uh one one other company that we didn't mention, I don't know if they did IPO or they filed for IPO is Doordash.
1: And yes. the the consensus I was getting from DoorDash was this is a company that's IPOing yes. because of the pandemic. Yep. Right. Because essentially their business exploded, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, we talked about this before, but Uber went from a ride sharing business to a food delivery business overnight. That's why Uber, they purchased right? Postmates. There you go, right? Well, they tried to also buy a Grubhub that didn't, that didn't fly. Oh,
0: yes. You one didn't, one didn't fly. So control. they're like, you can't buy number two. All right, we'll buy number three. There you go. That's, that's how you got to operate in this world. Speaking of the strong have become stronger, let's go to number nine. As of January 16, 2020, all four of the American tech majors officially reached the $1 trillion market cap. So those American companies are Apple, Who I believe did it first, or yeah, Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, and Alphabet. Alphabet was the last company to reach the trillion dollar mark. In fact, now I believe, isn't Apple two trillion now?
1: I was just looking this up. I was under the impression that uh, Amazon was two trillion. But yes,
0: Apple is $2.8 trillion. Mm -hmm. But not all good things, uh, what was about to say, come. To, yes. uh, to 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 those who are rich. Also, great attention comes to them as well. Is it? Is
1: that because? Is that because it's not Gang of Five yet? Still so Gang of Four it's plus one more. not the Gang
0: more? of. Well, I don't think. To be honest, yes. So the no, other news that relates to these four American tech majors becoming trillion-dollar companies is the Gang of Four all went in front of Congress for monopolistic trials. Or, but one of them is actually series. not right. But one of them is actually not a trillion-dollar business. Exactly. So the ones that so the ones that had monopoly challenges this year, the great uh, what's we call it, the great boy band that went up to uh, to Congress of Amazon and Facebook and Alphabet and I'm missing one. What, what was the last one? Apple. And, sorry, and Apple. Yes, there we go. Amazon, Apple, Alphabet, and Facebook all went up to Congress this year and all together as well uh, to to go in front of the Senate Hearing Committee. On potentially being monopolies, of listen, course, Microsoft Apple, was the one left out of that one. They had already listen, been through uh, their, their monopoly their so monopoly hearings.
1: I think I think the only reason Apple was there was that so that the senators could ask for help with their iPhones.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I or couldn't download this app. How, can we can, how? can we get a loan? Can we get a loan of our entire but, national debt? But but
1: they got the wrong CEO, so they actually asked Sundar Pichai. And Pichai had to say, uh, "You're talking about the wrong
0: company." I think did you was remember a, that when that happened yes but i think that was a different year right i, I know I but still
1: I, I i still yeah. had to make that joke so the big thing is that they they have become trillion dollar businesses mm-hmm. and uh in apple's case they've quickly become a two trillion dollar business almost a three. Uh, there's speculation that amazon yeah, yeah i
0: mean if they can pull off 5g phones well if there wasn't a pandemic i could see them i could see them going to three this year
1: it, uh, I, think, I think at this point it's just only a matter of time and then they of mm-hmm. course did a, a stock split. Um, and they're still trillion. They're all still at least trillion dollar businesses, right? Yep. So it's not just because sometimes you go up and then you go back down, right? Yeah, but yep, they've yep, actually yep. gone up and past that threshold and maintained it. So it's not yes. a it's not a one time
0: event. This is this is actually here to stay. Yes, and I'll also add that uh, what was I about to say. So to put things in a bit of perspective here. So yes, we just talked about Apple's monumentous two point eight trillion dollar market cap one stimulus bill for covid-19 was worth 2 trillion dollars so yes so You
1: gave everybody apple stock
0: yeah so that's <laughs> a that's actually that's that's, that's actually, what the us government
1: should have done i mean like you know what apple we're
0: going to invest well. 2 trillion dollars into apple there's not enough floating free floating stock for them to do that they'd have to buy apple but 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 no no, no. but that, that's oh, just, that, you know.
1: but listen that
0: way then the FBI could get their back door. Sure, there we go. Uh, but that actually you know that points to what we we're talking about before with the whole oh these tech companies own this detail. No no no, it's like forget the conspiracy. These governments are on a different level. It's like the, these companies' entire net worths are these governments' one stimulus bill.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah. the strong gets stronger. Yes. And talking
0: about yes. the strong get stronger, Michael. Yes, number eight. Meteoric rise of Tesla. Remember how we keep saying the uh would you rather buy a model a model S or a Model S worth of stock?
1: Michael, don't make me cry, but I'm gonna I'm gonna share this with you <laughs> and then we're gonna add this picture in no, here. No, I saw this. I this. saw
0: this. Now you, you sent me this already, <laughs> I, right? I sent it
1: to you, right? Well, I yes. need to say this so for the for in the podcast. June. Podcast just needs in this.
0: June. Full COVID. Full COVID.
1: No, no. We said this in January. We said this sure. in January. But, uh, no, no. Sorry. Sure, sure.
0: But in June of 2020, if you bought a Model S worth of Tesla stock, which would have run you seventy-six thousand dollars, now in reality, you don't actually seven buy seven. a Model S for seventy-seven thousand, the list price. You're going to be probably spending around a hundred anyways. But let's just say that you bought list price somehow the Model S, uh, seventy-seven thousand uh, dollars for about that would have gotten you about eleven. Thousand shares of Tesla stock, Johnny. By December first, twenty twenty, I'll let you. Since you were the one who found a picture, I'll let you tell them what that seventy-seven thousand dollar investment would have netted just six months later. <clears throat> Five months later, actually.
1: Uh, uh, so the the Tesla Model S from two thousand twelve would be worth thirty-one thousand three hundred bucks. Uh, mm-hmm almost less than half of what you paid mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Tesla stock, on the other hand, would have been worth uh, about uh, a little shy of 6.5 million
0: mm-hmm.
1: dollars, by the way, not uh, mm-hmm. like rupees or it wouldn't have converted to uh, currency. <laughs> it's, it's converted yeah. to yen. No, 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 this is six, 70, 80 grand would have become 6.5 million dollars. Mm-hmm. So, Michael, so and Johnny, we said this before all of this.
0: So Where's Johnny, I'm going to ask this again. I'm going to ask this again, Johnny. Uh, would you? Today, buy a Tesla Model S or a Tesla Model S amount of shares. Let's let's go double. Let's go double or nothing here, Johnny. Is it too late, or are you are oh, you I don't still think it's too late. are you still in?
1: I don't think it's too late.
0: So so I'm going to. This see year you is buying, not over yet. I'm going to see you buy eighty thousand dollars worth of Tesla.
1: All I'm saying is this
0: year is not over yet. <laughs> Johnny's about to be the biggest Tesla bull. But yeah, Johnny, um, can you explain Listen, Tesla's uh, growth? Uh, 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 no
1: I wrote <laughs> what the heck as in I actually added the swear words without the swear words because I really don't have any explanation the only thing I can like, say is what where do you, we go from here mark we go to Mars we go to Mars as in the stock goes to Mars related to this growth is something else uh mm-hmm. as well Elon Musk I remember when he was worth 12 billion dollars and I was like yes wow
0: that's 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 a lot that's for a
1: lot of money for, he-
0: that's a lot of money and now, yeah, back. To, well, hold on. Back then, he was probably like what number three, number one hundred, number. Then he didn't make the list. Of the he didn't make the he list. Didn't make he, make the list. he didn't make the list enough. didn't make the list Where much.
1: is he now, Johnny? He's number two. He's he number has two. Being Bill Gates, who was number one for the longest time until Jeff Bezos was like, you know what? Two Jeff Bezos plus a divorce is
0: number one. <laughs> and then, well, that, yo, Jeff that's Bezos true. Plus he a actually divorce, divorce is number one. one. He would have been number one earlier if he didn't lose half his money. And isn't his wife still like the richest lady, yes in the world? Yes. All right. So number seven, Johnny. The unfortunate layoffs caused by COVID nineteen.
1: Um, yes. I just I just want to add that Uber and Airbnb. We, we highlighted this before, but Uber and mm-hmm. Airbnb laid off less than ten thousand employees. You said that was right. One eighth of the of the employees uh yeah, laid off on yeah. the let's let's, let's real quick let's go, to,
0: let's go to total numbers let's go to this is just tech layoffs so yes. about 600 startups have laid off or gone out of business during COVID-19 and we'll mention some of them in, in a bit and, and how many 80,000 employees have been laid off since the beginning of COVID nineteen. Just in the tech industry alone, full time employees. And Johnny, yeah, I, I know you're going to get to your point now, which is it's more than just full time employees.
1: No, no, not even that. Not even that. No, oh, okay. This is actually less than the number of employees that were furloughed by Disney. Right. right. Disney, one company, equivalent so to six hundred thousand
0: people. Hundred thousand people. Hundred thousand people. We'll talk and about this more recently. Their stock, but yeah, Disney.
1: But yeah, and more recently, I think they've said that they're going to be letting go of thirty-two thousand people mm-hmm. as uh, the, the as we're still in lockdown on their
0: parks. Yep. yep. So, yeah. So yeah. So this is this has been a year, right? Two thousand twenty has been a year for some of monumentous highs, but with others of crippling lows. Never mind. We're talking about the layoffs. Never mind the uh, what was it? The the two hundred thousand Americans who have lost their lives uh, and million over a million globally um who have done so you know this is this is tough but we're keeping it in tech and just in tech uh just and and by the way layoffs.fyi the same thing when we had our uh, our covid losers episode which just for reference was episode which episode was that John? that was episode uh sorry episode 16 episode 16 there we go Uh, when we, when we had our episode on COVID-19 losers, quote unquote, uh, which was episode 16 of our podcast, we had this site called layoffs.fyi and we'll use this time to make a plug for layoffs.fyi because they have another great feature on this, uh, which is the list of employees that were actually laid off that employees can go individually contribute information to. Uh, so for anyone who is hiring during these tough times, uh, there are eighty thousand really skilled employees of all different disciplines, uh, mind you, that are uh, that are available. So yeah, it's a uh, it's been a really really tough year, especially if people are getting laid off or people jobs aren't being created, uh, and with with greatly increased restrictions on visa time as well. So the, these things, this is a this is a tough time.
1: Yes, yeah, um, going back to Uber and Airbnb. Um, so, in total, they lost, I'm just rounding up the numbers, but they laid off less than 10,000 employees. And the question that I had raised before when we discussed this, and I'm raising it again, is on how many more drivers and hosts were actually impacted? Because this is mm-hmm. only their Uber, Airbnb full time employees, corporate, right? Working mm-hmm. in headquarters and other satellite offices. Of these corporations but as we know but these are the companies that pioneered what we now know as the gig economy right or at least they're the biggest players in it right there's been others but obviously these are the ones that are still here and still have what is it they have like uber has like four million drivers i think globally
0: that sounds right like
1: airbnb has a whole you know lots and lots of hosts Mm -hmm. so when they let go of this many people the, just imagine. I was saying, at least it's like ten times that the number of, of uh, employees I've been let go are. Then the, the, I wouldn't be surprised if at least a hundred thousand, if not more, have been impacted uh, that don't count in these statistics.
0: Yep. Yeah. So, like I said, we've mentioned uh, we mentioned the gig economy. We've mentioned the the impact of this a lot. Again, Expo Episode Sixteen is a great one to to review for that one. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's a. Uh, it has been an incredibly tough year. Uh, now, just really quickly talking about some of the companies have layoffs, some of the companies have gone out of business. So just a few uh, that uh, th- th- that come to mind. Uh, jump, right, the bike-sharing uh, site, or the rather the bike-sharing startup, uh, completely went under, laid off 500 people as an end result. Uh, Rakuten actually shut down their uh, their Bay Area a company which they had originally acquired by.com, Rakuten did, they shut down that office. That was 87 people, Um, right? Blueprint over in Denver shut down. That was 137 people. And onwards and onwards, help.com, 16 people. You know, a lot of companies have have completely shut their doors during COVID as well. Uh, Flywheel Sports, we talked about that. They're not gone completely, but they laid off almost 800 people.
1: Uh, I'm. I'm also reminded by, <clears throat> drastic times, bring the good and the bad, and one of them was that how Bird, another bike sharing, not bike sharing, scooter sharing, company laid off 400 employees on one Zoom call. Mm. Yeah. Where they, yeah, and they asked them, they accidentally
0: just, cut them out of their uh, their network before then, yeah.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of people that actually couldn't get into the zoom meeting because it hit the capacity and then only found out later that they had been like, oh, because mm-hmm. an hour long or 30 minute conference uh, meeting ended up being a two minute, somebody just rambling some stuff yep. with a shaky you, voice and hanging up.
0: Yeah, if you look at the industries that are most hit travel and transportation booking.com laid off 4000 people, right? Yeah, so so this is add where that now to the Ubers, the Airbnbs Groupon laid off 3000 their you know, social Social, outdoorsy, travel, transportation, meetups type—it's yeah, been hit hard. Yes, yes,
1: um, and even the tr- just going uh, kind of doubling back here, but like even the trillion-dollar businesses were not immune from this. I, I did mm-hmm. uh, read that LinkedIn let go of some salespeople. LinkedIn is of course a Microsoft company. Right. Waymo, a division of Alphabet Google, uh, also uh, laid off some people. I, I remember this because I remarked to a friend that hey, if if Essentially, Google is letting go of people. No one is safe because yep. Google has historically been known never to fire anybody. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, this is talking, this has been
0: a, this has been a tough year for everyone. It's been a tough year has, for everyone. Um, in, but yeah, so I, uh, did, did you want the, anything more on this topic? I'm just gonna make an unclean transition. Let's just not make a transition oh, I,
1: on I, this one. But oh yeah. no, no, I was. Yeah. Okay.
0: But yeah so uh so let's let's move on to our our next story but yeah, so if we can say anything about uh you know about our number seven story of the covid layoffs uh layoffs.fy i cannot plug that website enough i don't know the we don't know the people we don't know who created that or who's using it i know it's powered by airtable but i don't think airtable's involved uh Michael, great we gotta
1: got interview these people
0: We gotta yeah, find these isn't people not the whole point of our podcast we have to do we the find these people find turns these out people. it's like someone we know it's roger lee He's at Roger Lee on Twitter. Let's move on. So, yeah. So, moving on from, from moving on from that one. Let's just you know, do what we can moving on. Uh, number six story of the year. Apple's M1, Nvidia's 3000 series, and in general, the amazing rise of ARM computing. But yeah, Johnny, I'd I say the
1: continued, the continued rise.
0: The continued rise. It almost feels Johnny,
1: inevitable when you Look back in the past several years. Like this is not an anomaly. It's just been building mm-hmm. up to this. It's just mm-hmm. still shocking when
0: you so actually Johnny, see I know. It. I know you were always more on the the software side of our e uh, of our electrical engineering hardware side of things, but I will say this: It seems like this year, there have been such large breakthroughs in the realm of processor power, computing, or or energy efficiency, processor power and computing specifically. So two sterling examples that point out, we talked about this two weeks ago, Apple's M1 chipset uh, was released with the MacBook Mini, or sorry, with the Mac Mini, Mac Air, MacBook Pro 13-inch. And this new M1 chipset uh, integrated on the Apple Silicon, they've announced that they're moving away from Intel chipsets to, uh, to Apple Silicon. And I've been watching videos because I, I myself have realized that this, you know, this old MacBook Air I've been using for our editing purposes may not be the best software or the best hardware considering it's from 2013. Uh, but these M1 chips have blown out all of the performance benchmarks and all of the power and heat consumption benchmarks or generation benchmarks for heat from any other computer in Apple's life. In fact, they were comparing a these M1 chips to like IMAX. They're almost comparing them to Power Macs. Uh, that one they, did, they didn't really have a real comparison, but they're comparing them to against like three thousand dollar IMAX. And in Wait, some areas, it was still beating the Mac Pro. What's Power? Oh, Mac Pro. Okay.
1: yeah, uh, yeah. Essentially, the 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 takeaway has been that they smoke anything outside of like Intel's highest, highest, highest yep. chips, right? Yep. But they blow the MacBook Pro, specked out, blow it out of the water. MacBook yep. Pro 16 inch. Which is yep. uh, MacBook's top, uh, which is Apple's top of the line uh, laptop.
0: Mm-hmm. With an I, that's mm-hmm. an i seven in there. I nine. I nine. It was a, a MacBook Pro sixteen is i nine. Oh crap! It's like yeah, that's an i nine in speeding. And I think what's even more amazing about it, it's more power. Sorry, it's more computing power for less power consumption.
1: Yeah, it's efficiency. Um, it's efficiency yep. The game. Yep. And of so, course, this
0: is the culmination of Apple's neural network, uh sorry, neural chip work. It's the combination of Apple Silicon, the combination of its move to arm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's like it is it is an amazing, amazing chipset. Uh and it the way I describe it is it's it's restarted Moore's Law. Uh th- in a, in <laughs> maybe not in money, but it's restarted Moore's Law in terms of power efficiency.
1: There's there's a great video, um, I'm going to plug in the channel here, but Cold Fusion puts really great YouTube videos and there's a great video kind of explaining um the background, right? Even talk about ARM. I didn't know that ARM was even a company that was actually started back I think in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Um but if, if you go back to even 2013, I think it is. I forgot which is it the A7 maybe? Uh, Apple said How that this was 64 the bit. It was a six, it was a first 64-bit architecture chip. And they of course marketed it as desktop class, which everybody was kind of like, okay, sure. Like, so haha so desktop you class. Can, yeah. Since the beginning, it's kind of like 2020's the hindsight of it, right? I mean, so when you look back, you kind of see the breadcrumbs that Apple was leaving. When they announced earlier this year that they were moving fully, and then they announced a two-year transition to Apple Silicon from Intel, there was a lot of skepticism. Like, okay, yes, you built uh, obviously the iPhone, the iPad, right? They're powerful computing devices, right? And that's why like, usually when you buy one I mean, now, there's a last reason five why Apple went from, down.
0: there's a reason why Apple went to Intel to begin with, exactly. with the, with exactly. the Rosetta chipset back in the day, because Intel was king back then. And I think now it's like, that. now it's a king is dead, long live the king situation. But yeah, I'll just quickly effectively. add, it's not just Apple that came in. To this world and i would say that if it was just apple this probably wouldn't be number six on our countdown because the same year that apple has released a groundbreaking performance for perf- efficiency chip nvidia did the exact same thing with their 3000 series in which we talk about apple's m1 smoking the competition nvidia never had competition well <laughs> I mean, it has AMD and so on, but let's let's be honest, Nvidia never had competition. So really it's compared against itself. But let's take let's take games that you might probably know. Okay, the like Gears 5, Johnny. Uh Gears of War What's five. That? Gears of War okay. 5, right? High graphics, high intensity, particle physics everywhere, Unreal Engine. Uh the 3 3080 series was 13% better than the 2080 series. Okay. Uh Fortnite was 50% better. Death Stranding, 32% better. Control, which is an amazingly, amazingly graphics-intense game, 78% better. These are leaps in performance at significant savings in price, uh, which is why I say, again, Moore's Law is back.
1: Yeah, the one one thing I didn't touch upon earlier from my overview of AWS's reinvent was um, in one of the in in uh, Andy Jassy's uh, keynote, he actually talked about AWS's uh, AMD based uh, CPU chips called uh, Graviton, which actually provide a forty percent improvement on a price performance basis compared to Intel chips, right? Mm -hmm. So AMD is, is not only just ruling our, well, well, what's soon going to be ruling our, our laptops and our desktops. uh, NVIDIA is ruling the graphics, but it's also starting to rule the, um, the, the cloud computing space. And there was uh, lots Mm -hmm. of, lots of examples that Jassy gave of companies that switched to AMD based Again, AWS is Graviton, AMD the AMD based CPUs, and we're able to see a drastic reduction in the price they're paying for the equivalent performance, which is mm-hmm. mind-boggling. If you can, you know, if you can bring down f- your cost by forty percent at mm-hmm. some of the scale that these companies operate, that's massive amounts of saving for the same amount of performance. Right? Yep. This isn't just I'm running on my computer. Like obviously, from a game perspective, that's great, but for a business,
0: that's massive amounts of uh, improvement. Yep. Further, you can tell they're getting good because just as Amazon got so good, they could spin off AWS and get everyone else to use their infrastructure. NVIDIA now created, of course, NVIDIA Go, uh, which is your ability to get, basically it's a virtual instance that they just give you to game on uh, the game over the cloud. That is actually what gives me, that's actually what gives me the, uh, what's it called? The the reason why I'm not going to go buy a souped up gaming PC. Instead, I could just pay like $9 a month for the few months I want to play a, an intense video game and then just do that instead. But yes. All right. So that was that was stories. That was stories 10 through six. The next you'll hear of this, we'll come back with five, all the way to our number one story for the year. Uh, but until then, you've been listening to another episode of the Silicon Trail. Have a great week. Stay safe out there.